Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DM and host as always, Adam Cookson, and I'm joined by, well, two players at the moment, James Bunkle and our guest, Paul Flinders. Say hello, you two. Hello. How are we doing? You're so full of energy already, Bunkle. <laughs> I'm actually quite excited for this. Ah, interesting. So let's see how long that lasts. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they will be reprising their roles as Rogar, the uh, Paladin Sorcerer, and Roger Mayweather, the Human Ranger. In fact, I think you're a Hunter Ranger, if I remember correctly. Hunter Ranger, and he's called Robert. <laughs> ah, yeah, Robert. <laughs> Look, it's been a long day. You say you better make sure you write, don't write Roger on his tombstone after today. <laughs> 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 Robert Mayweather and uh, yeah you're both alive at the moment so that's good that's a good that's a good thing yeah so uh, to do a little bit of a recap on our last episode Rogar went to investigate a very strange seemingly partially alive building and as he kind of made his way through there, finding lots of weird scientific equipment that he just couldn't possibly understand, he eventually came across a large machine that contained a bunch of missing pieces that he managed to piece back together. And the last piece was a giant cylinder containing a brain of one Matthias Aikens, who happily had a bit of a chat with our uh, erstwhile dragonborn slash ghoul paladin. And they got on swimmingly. But unfortunately, while having a lovely chat, he was attacked by a weird alien insect plant monstrosity that tried to rip him too. Luckily for Rogar, help was on the way, as Robert made his way into the base as well and started stabbing this thing in the back, and the two of them together took it down, quite impressively. Yeah, he just yeah. seemed to rub into my sword. <laughs> and then, after kind of Negotiating a little bit with Matthias, it turns out he would be the first of creatures in this land to side with Rogar, and it turned out as well that the place they were in was basically one massive spaceship. As it flew off into the air, it dropped you guys towards the location of a man called Martin Howard, who Robert is currently attempting to hunt down. He needs money. Yeah, you need money, because you got a hell of a bounty that you're trying to collect on this man. Absolutely. And Matthias flew off into space, basically saying he'd catch you later as you gave him one of the blood vials that'll let him track you down back in the real world. Yeah, ho ho hopefully he comes through. <laughs> hopefully. But yes, while you were wandering the dreamlands, attempting to find, down, find this uh, man called Martin, something strange happened. One moment you're walking through a sort of dead and dying forest, and then the next... It was the dead of night, a full moon hung heavy in the air, and you were amongst some very decrepit-looking ruins. And as you guys kind of split up to scout the area out, you could hear strange howling. And it wasn't long until the Hounds of Tyndallus were upon you. And currently, Robert kind of got uh, jumped by one of them, and Rogar can hear one howling and growing closer from the distance. And that's where we left the episode off. So you've had a week to think about your, well, coming demise at the hands of my first little nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, unless there's something you guys want to do, I 
think we're going to roll initiative and play this out to see how it goes. Uh, yeah, let's let's see how Robert dies. I say just before we roll this, roll initiative, I'm just going to turn to Robert and be like, Robert, you might want to give Kenny Loggins a call because we're in the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> Robert just looks up and goes, "Fucking what? There's a dog on me." <laughs> Well, with that, I'm going to roll the uh, Hounds Initiative. <laughs> As And I'll describe them out again in case you uh, didn't catch our last episode. But these things are like gigantic skeletal dogs with emaciated flesh covering them. And uh, Robert, you're getting a good up-close-and-personal look that this thing is covered in like this bluish ichor as well. It's like dripping off its body. Its mouth is almost like a circular saw of fangs. Like, it's just a horrifying hole in its face that it looks like it's just going to try to rip parts of your body off with. It has these long, spindly, bone-like horns coming off its head. It basically looks like a demonic Rottweiler crossed with an alien. Oh, lovely. How do you get one of these as a pet? Ah, well, if you survive, maybe you'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, well, the interesting thing about them was that they seem to appear literally out of these ruins. Robert got a very good look of this thing. It seemed to be running out of the corner of the ruin itself and then was all of a sudden on top of you. It was a very sort of surreal perspective for you to just sit there and watch. And mm-hmm. their initiative, I got an 18. So what are you guys getting? Rolling. Wow, we oh. rolled shockingly bad. Oh, I got a four. Okay. <laughs> what do you get, Rogar? Uh, that would be a five. <laughs> We're dead. <laughs> oh, yay. That did Wait. not go well. <laughs> that did not go well. So, it is the hound's turn. Uh, the first hound is already right on top of Robert. So... Let's see how this works. Okay. What's he going to do first? He is... He's just going to attack you outright to begin with, I think. Oh, lovely. He is... (laughs) He's going to use his tongue attack on you. As this long, horribly long, thin, tendril-like tongue just kind of lolls out of this thing's mouth and starts to wrap around your throat. And let's roll some dice. And with a... <laughs> with a 25, I think oh, that's a hit. Oh, fuck. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> and, oh, this is nasty. This is very nasty. So you... T- oh, wow, I rolled horrendously. You are... You are a lucky man. <laughs> you are a lucky man. You take... Uh, 14 points of psychic damage. Oh, God. And you're going to have to make a note of this on how this is going to work, so take a note of your original stat, but your wisdom is also reduced by three. Oh, shit. So 14 on the... So that would leave me there. And wisdom, 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 wisdom. So, oh, okay. Make a note of what your original stat was somewhere, but yeah, reduce that on your character sheet by three. Um, I'm just trying to figure out where I can put a stat because I have no pen or paper. Uh, you can note it in your character sheet somewhere, just on like notes. Oh, notes? 
notes, 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 notes. Yeah, I just put whiz and then whatever the number was. I'll put it in my bio at the bottom there. Sure. I could edit it. Yeah, there we go. Done. So if I... I'll edit that now, don't want I to... Wisdom to nine. There we go. Yeah, so you're, you're feeling a little uh, confused after that attack as this weird icor starts like dripping onto your body and it seems to be affecting your ability to think properly. Hmm. So that was the first hound. The second hound... Okay, second hound is going to cast a spell. And Rogar, you look around and you don't see anything. But you could hear another hound that was howling in the distance. And that's the hound's turn. So, Rogar, you're up. Okay. Um, so, I can't see this hound that's in the distance somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I can only assume it's coming towards me. Yeah. Can I tell if there's only one or can I hear more? Uh, do me a perception. Would that count as my action? No, I'll give you this for free because you're getting, you can, these things were not being stealthy and approaching. Uh, 15. 15? You only heard one of them howling in the distance. Plus the one that's currently on top of uh, Robert, so. Okay. That, that's, that's, that's slightly better than I expected. Um, hmm. So, I guess I'm going to have to save Robert, aren't I? Let's be fair here. <laughs> so, uh, I'll use bonus action to cast Shield of Faith for myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> classic Rogar. Yep, classic Rogar action. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll just, well, I'll take a swing at it, I guess. If it, it, Can I? I'm assuming I can swing at it w without killing Robert, so. Yeah, yeah, you can run up and take a swing at it. Um, technically, would we be flanking or no, because he's on top of uh, I'd say Robert is prone at the moment, so you wouldn't get flanking. Yeah, fair enough. He, fair can, enough. he can stand up without like needing a check on his turn, but it'll take half his movement to do so. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, a 22 with... Uh, oh, I can reroll both of those dice. A 22 with 13 slashing. Uh, 22 hits. You uh, rock up with Eclipse and just slice this thing right across its side, and it leaves this bluish icor just dripping everywhere. However, as you do so, some of the icor splashes off and he is going to deal some damage to you. Uh, you have been exposed. So, at the start of each of your turns, you are going to take 1d6 poison damage. Right, but I don't take it this turn. That is correct. You are covered in this weird sticky blue liquid that is like corrosive to the touch. You feel it starting to burn through your flesh. Come on, Robert. Let's kill this thing quick. Absolutely. Take a second swing. A 16 and 14. Uh, a 16 does hit. Yes. Okay, 14 points of damage. Not bad. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying, I'm trying just to get it off it basically, but it's going to turn around and like face me almost. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, Robert, it is your turn. You are prone on the floor with this. Uh, Nasty looking dog up in your face, but Rogar is now here helping you. Right, well, obviously, I've got to. I, got, I've, I've, I only see the one, so I'm going to stand up. Um, I've seen what happened to him, so. Uh, if I use a spell, would that be my entire action? Yes. Right. Um, I'm going to go a little bit of self preservation here to begin with. And I'm going unless, to... just to just be clear, unless the spell says it's a bonus action spell. 
Um, I'll just check. Doesn't say. Just it cast time one action. Okay. So I will have to use just it's a, a level two spell. So I'm going to burn them on my level twos. Okay. And it's going to be um, protection from poison. Ooh, interesting. I'm going to cast it on myself. So, okay. Uh, so Such a bitch. <laughs> so cast spell. So that's what I've done. Cool. So you are protected from poison. Is that a concentration spell? It is. No, it's not. Okay, it cool. Lasts, and it, I'll just want to read it out. Yeah, yeah, just read it. It says, touch a creature. If poisoned, you cure the poison. If more than one poison afflicts a target, you cure the poison. You know it's present or cure, the, cure one at random. For the duration, the target has advantage in saving throws against being poisoned and is resistant to poison damage. Cool. And how long does it last for? Um, One hour. Nice. Okay, so you feel much better about this weird liquid that's dripping on you. Mm-hmm. Are you also going to use half your movement to stand up? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you, like, you try to force this thing back a little bit and you kind of pick yourself up off the floor as you cast this spell and you feel this little greenish aura glow out of your hand and yeah, you feel a bit more protected. Yeah. At the start of the Hound's turn, Rogar, you see where that slash you cut across its side starts to knit back together. Interesting. Um... Okay, not much I can do about it on his turn, but that's freeing. No. <laughs> uh, what is he going to do? I'm going to have a look at a spell and see if it's nasty enough. Okay. He is going to cast on... You know what? He's going to cast on Robert. <laughs> You're welcome. Well... This spell won't work very well on Rogar, so I am being smart about it. <laughs> <laughs> this creature is actually very intelligent. More than I realized when I put it out here. <laughs> it's, I'll say this. It's a dog that's smarter than both of you. Oh, dear. <laughs> Wiser, too, actually. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Robert, as you're getting up, you look lock eyes with this creature, and you start to feel... A horrifying fear, and I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Yeah, oh, that's why it won't work. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Ain't, this ain't gonna work. Normal, just a normal one. Yep, yeah, straight up. A nine. Nine. Oh, you get. Uh, a, is he within ten feet? Yes, he is. So he gets plus one. He does. Plus which, ten. Isn't, which isn't enough. <laughs> well, you know, I've got to throw out there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's good to remember. But this is why I lowered your wisdom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cheers. <laughs> um, so, Robert, tell me something. What is your deepest, darkest nightmare? Um, having no gold. Interesting. Okay, so Robert, as you lock eyes with this creature for a moment, its eyes flash with this bluish glow, and you you look down at at the bag on your side, the one where you keep your your gold, and you realize it's a bag of devouring. It is. Oh. A bag that has just been eating your gold this whole time. You have no money, and as you reach inside, it starts biting your hands and tearing at your fingers, and you're gonna take a chunk of damage. Oh! You take 26 psychic damage. Oh my goodness me! You are frightened for the duration. Oh god! Uh, that's not good. You are. 
absolutely terrified. So what what was the um, amount of just then? Twenty-six points of psychic. Okay, I'm not doing well. You are definitely not doing well. Hmm. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, get that tombstone ready. Yeah. The second hound is going to sneak up on Rogar and attack from invisibility. Okay. With his claws. He's going to make two claw attacks on you. And he will have advantage because he's flanking you. And he's invisible anyway. Ooh, awful rolls. He fails his first attack. Oh my god. Second attack, natural 20. Ah, oh uh, the DM gets to have fun. Wait, wait, what, what does that put it to? Oh, can I not shield because it's a natural 20? Well, it's a natural 20, which is an automatic success. All right, fair it, I, I, So everyone knows, it, in combat's the only time where an automatic success or an automatic fail. Okay. Yeah, so unfortunate there. If it had been a 19, you might have been able to shield it. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, he is going to do not that much damage, let's be fair. Okay. Oh, wow. I rolled snake eyes. So, two. Oh. Well, five total. And correct me if I'm wrong, but paladins are immune to poison, right? Uh, or are you not immune to poison damage, you're immune to the poisoned effect? Uh, I'm not one who says you're immune to disease. You're immune to disease? Yeah, but I can't remember. Uh, you're just immune to disease. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. That's fine then, so then you take an additional 1d6 of poison damage. Okay. Uh, one point of poison damage. Enjoy. <laughs> wow, that was lucky. Yeah, so this, a second one of these massive dogs just appears out of literally nowhere as its invisibility drops and it rakes at you with these two massive claws. The first one, your shield of faith kind of comes up to block it, but the second one just leaves you off balance as he rakes at your neck, leaving this bluish icon just covering the wound and it just burns for a moment. And that is its turn. Okay. That means, Rogar, it's your turn, which means you're going to take some more poison damage. Yep. Five points. <sighs> okay. So Correct me if I'm wrong, lay in hands, bonus action. Uh, I think we treat it as such. Let me just check. I have it in front of me. Lay on hands. It's an action. It is an action, shit. Yeah. Um, you can neutralize poison with it as well, actually. Yes, Interesting. I can. But that's the poison effect. Well, hmm. Are you, the poison well, effect, technically. So would that count in this circumstance? Well, I will say this Icor has a very specific way to be gotten rid of. In, well, two specific ways to get rid of it. Okay. Um, I would say at the very least you would realize this. You could just wipe it off, but it would take your whole action to do so. Okay. Um, right. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, I'm going to have to take it off so we can get it on. That's the only true option. Sure, um, and this time you will get advantage if you're swinging at the one attacking Robert. I am going to swing at the one that gives me a first one to get a 29 and oh. 12. Damn. And I'll add a second level Divine Smite. Oh, shit. Nice. <laughs> roll, that, uh, roll that Divine Smite damage. Oh, and... Wait, Divine Smite? Is it just Undead you get the extra damage on? Uh, undead and Fiend. 
Oh, well then you get your extra damage, my friend, because these are fiends, technically. So we get 48s. Yep. Oh god, here we go. Gonna one-shot this thing. Uh, a, so that'd be another 23 damage on that, so that makes it 35. Oh Yeah. You come down hard with Eclipse on this thing's neck and attempt to break it the spell that it's got uh, Robert trapped in. Because you can see Robert is just stood there terrified, like grabbing at his uh, coin purse, and you're very confused by his actions. <laughs> but you, while it's distracted, you come down hard with Eclipse, and you just watch that, your usual kind of greenish radiant energy, that energy the Whispering Man gives you, just explodes across this thing's back, and it actually yelps in pain. as like lots of its flesh, and that blue eye card just goes flying everywhere. That hurt it a lot, but it is still standing. But it will make a concentration check, and it fails because I rolled a natural one. So, uh, Robert, your uh, your coin pouch is not a bag of devouring. It's no oh, longer eating your God fingers. For that. <laughs> work out of here. I can get beers again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rogo's just gonna be like, "Oh, I'm kind of enjoying this now," and then. Uh, I'm going to take another swing at it as well. A 22 and... So, a 22 and 14. 14? Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you follow up with that second swing, and this thing is looking really hurt. It's not down for the count yet, but it's definitely on its last legs. Excellent. You're just leaving these massive, bloody wounds with your greatsword. It's just reeling from this damage. And hopefully my sword is enjoying it as much as me. Oh, you can tell it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the end of my turn. Cool. Uh, Robert, you are up. Right. If I cast a spell that casts that costs one action, can I use another spell that is a one bonus action? No, not as a ranger. Because right. you don't have any cantrips. Righty-o, then. Um, round debating. Now, obviously, I've seen Rogar kick the seven shades out of this, um, out of this thing in front of me. Um, but also, I'm quite low on health. Um, <laughs> so I'd, I want to attack this thing, but I also thinking self-preservation. Otherwise, I may die in the next attack. Because um, there isn't. I'm aware, obviously, there is another one there. There is. So I'm thinking I may have to. Um, I might have to do something about my health situation. So. I don't like doing this, but I'm gonna to have to burn another second level spell. But I'm gonna spell. I'm gonna cast Cure Wounds at level two on myself. Okay. So if I cast a spell, so how do I do it as level two? Uh, just roll and then add the extra D of damage. Can't remember if it's a D6 or a D8 for Cure Wounds. It is a D8. Okay. So cast spell. And then roll another D8. And. A two, so eight overall. Nice. You uh, hurriedly try just like gather your senses because your head has got this just splitting headache from all the psychic damage, and you just kind of massage your temples for a moment and work that healing energy in. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit healthier, but yeah, um, I'm not gonna last on that. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your turn. Yeah, there's nothing else I can do. Okay, we go back to the top of initiative then. Uh, Rogar, you watch the hound that you've been attacking. Again, its body starts to knit itself back together. It's not completely recovering from the damage you've dealt it, but it looks a little bit healthier afterwards. Okay. 
and mm, seeing Robert wounded, is it going to press the attack? What else can it do? I don't know what it's going to do. Yeah, it's going to press the attack on Robert, so oh, it's going to go with its claws. So, natural one. Oh, that's a, that's a miss. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't have advantage on you, which is annoying. And I think that's also a miss. That's a ten. Yeah, armor class 14, so... Yeah, that's two misses. Um, oof. Oof, that's poor. Um, the second one... He is going to, I think, cast a spell on you, Rogar. Let me just bring it up for myself. I'm guessing it's a bonus action, right? Uh, no, this will be a full action spell. Oh, second. Yeah, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Make me a wisdom saving throw. As the hound behind you just lets out this terrifying howl that kind of just reverberates through your entire body and you feel your joints start to lock up. Is that just Rogar on me as well? Just Rogar. Okay, okay. Nine. That is a fail as it casts Hold Monster on you. You are paralyzed. Okay. Okay, so at the end of each of your turns you can make a wisdom saving throw escape. Okay. But otherwise it's going to last for the next minute. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to try and escape it, surely. Well, you would think. Okay, uh, that's its turn. With you paralyzed, it's going to move round to the other side of Robert to essentially lock him in between the two hounds. Shit. Okay. Uh, and Rogart, it is your turn. You are paralyzed, so make your wisdom saving throw. See if you can escape. Wisdom save. Uh, a 16. Plus one, 17. That 17, yeah is good enough so damn you manage to shake off that enchantment but it does take your whole like turn to do so as you just focus your willpower and kind of flex inside your plate armor and it just shatters around you and you are free to move but not this turn robert it is your go right so i'm i'm now in the middle of these two um so i'm I'm gonna be flanked on so ideally i want to move to the other side of the of the the one close I want to move closer to Rogar if that makes sense so I've got the two in front of me if that makes sense probably take an opportunity attack yeah they are either side of you so if you move to Rogar yeah take at least one attack of opportunity shit um, right okay then so if I attack if I do if obviously I get two I get two attacks here so if I attack with both get two strikes do I get my bonus action spell yes yes Right, in that case then. Right, so I'm going to attack the one that's been attacking me. Mm-hmm. Um, the more injured one. Yeah, the more injured. I've just realised as well I'm frightened, so I can't run towards it anyway. You're not frightened anymore. It, oh, the, right, okay. The enchantment broke on you. Of course, yes, it did. Right, yeah. um, Right. so the one that's weakened, mm-hmm. I'm going to attack that one with my short sword. Okay. That's a normal... That. 23 with 5 piercing. Okay. And I shall attack that one again. It's a normal. 23 with 7 piercing. So that's 12 total. Okay, so you stab at this thing twice quickly with your short sword. But you realize as the blade hits against this thing's flesh, though you watched Eclipse cleave through this thing without any effort, your sword doesn't seem to have the same level of impact. Oh, great. 
it's, it's not a magic sword, is it? It is not. No. It does a little bit of damage, like you see it causes a little bit of a wound, but nowhere near as much as you expected. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Right. And in that case, then, the one that's actually looking a bit better... Yep. I'm going to cast... Where is it now? Ensnaring Strike. Okay. Um, do you want me to read it out? Yeah, go for it. Says, so the next time you attack before the spell ends, thorny vines appear at a point of impact. Target must pass through a strength saving throw or be restrained until the end of the spell. Larger or larger creatures have advantage on the saving throw. If target succeeds, the thorns shrivel away. While restrained, target takes 1d6 piercing damage at the start of its turn. Another creature can touch the vines and attempt a strength saving throw to free the trap creature against the spell DC. On success, target is freed. So. Okay. So just so you know, um, you cast that on. You can cast that on yourself, and you can be concentrating on it now. But you need to attack one of them for it to affect them. Oh, so I should have done it first. Yes. Mm, I can say that. you did. If you still want, if you want to keep your attacks directed against the weaker one, I'll. I can be nice to say that you did it first, and you can make the saves, or you can save it. It's up to you. Sod it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in bad shape. I'm thinking that's going to disable one of them potentially. So I'll do that now. Okay. So. Uh, he needs to make a strength saving throw. What's your spell save DC? Spell save DC, it is a ranger. Oh, hang on, that's... Oh, because my wisdom's gone down. The strength save, the save DC's gone down, hasn't it? Yeah, but I'll be honest, I don't think it's going to matter because I just rolled really shitty. Yeah, it's a, t- <laughs> it's a 10. Yeah, I rolled a 7. Ah. These guys are not that strong, and I rolled very badly. Oh, wonderful. Uh, okay, so yeah, on these two attacks, you feel that your damage doesn't do too much, but then you watch as these vines just snap up from the ground and just wrap around it. These brambly thorns just starting to dig into its flesh. And at the start of its turn, it'll take a d6 of damage, which yep. is now. So it will take... Uh, do, you wanna, do you want me to roll the d6? Or are you okay I'll it? do it if you want. Yeah, sure. Go for it. A three. Takes an extra three damage. Which hurts. But you do watch as it begins to regenerate again, and its wounds start to close up. Lovely. It is looking decent amount healthier than it did a moment ago, but it is still restrained, which isn't great. So it can use its action to try escape, or it can just attack you, or well, it could do something else actually. This don't sound good. <laughs> yeah, not promising. <laughs> It's. It doesn't like being restrained. <laughs> so, you watch as it stares you dead in the eyes and starts to fade away. Oh, oh shit. Bollocks. And then you see it emerge from the same corner it emerged from in the first place as it uses its angled entry to move to a teleportation. Uh, to teleport to a location it's seen before. Oh, fuck. But that does take its whole turn, but it is freed from your vines. Arse. That renders that moot. The second one. What's it going to do? It is going to... Hmm. doesn't really have any spells I want to use. It's used. It's good ones. It's going to... Let's say Claw and Robert. Okie dokie. As it sees you're wounded and it's trying to thin the pack here. First one is an absolute miss because I can't roll for shit. 
back up for that. Second one <laughs> is a hit with a 22. Yeah, that's a hit. Yeah, so you're going to take a little bit of damage and you're going to get covered in poison. So... You take six points of damage. You yep. are, however, immune to poison. No, you're resistant to poison damage and immune to being poisoned. So you will take... You would have taken an additional three points of poison damage, but it's going to be half to two. Yep. And you are covered in this ichor, which means you're not poisoned in terms of the effect. You will take 1d6 of poison damage at the start of your round, but it will be halved because you're resistant. Right, okay. That's still not good. <laughs> no, but it's not too much damage. There you go. That's that's its turn done. And it's just going to bear down on both you and Rugar as its friend re-emerges from the wall. Right, I'm... I'm Rugar. Yeah. You're up. Um, so, uh, am I flanking either of them? Not at the moment. Right, so... They're basically now, because this one's come back out of the corner, you are lined up against each other. The two of them are staring at the two of you. Right, okay. Um, and the one closest to me is I've is the... not the wounded one. Exactly, yeah. Typical fucking bitch. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um that's not going to work if I'm facing... No. So, um... The best thing I can think to do is to just slash at the one that stood in front of me. Um, just try and let's try and end this in one turn, and uh, I'm gonna go again with the uh, if I hit. Go again with the uh, a uh, 25 Ooh. plus 17 plus 48. I'll, div I'll, div I'll devise my it as well. Oh. Go for it. Uh, so. 17 plus 22. 39. Wow. damage. She's nice. Sweet. <laughs> nice, sweet. <laughs> so as this full health creature is sort of glaring around your face, Rogar, you just swing Eclipse around in this massive arc and cut it square across the face. And where the wound is left, this blast of divine energy just explodes and almost takes half its head off. But it is... Definitely feeling that. That hurt a lot. Yeah. Do you second attack? A 20 and 18. Uh, 20 hits. Ooh. And. Yeah, go on, I'll add another device by on this time only at first level. <laughs> Get rid of one, hopefully. So, two, 3d8s this time. Uh, so, that's another 36. Nice. 36 points of damage total? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you watch as this thing's face starts to knit back together like it's been doing this whole time, and you quickly almost turn Eclipse around in like an uppercut and cleave straight through its head, leaving it falling, slumping to the ground as that kind of rolls away into the corner, and the body of this massive dog collapses. <laughs> I just look at Rogar and just nod and like, that was awesome. Rogar is laughing. Help. <laughs> as as that happens, you watch again as the aura and of intensity that Eclipse has just sort of pulses and the whole area briefly goes dark as it kind of absorbs the moonlight that's been raining down on you guys like a spotlight. And you just feel this thrum of energy through the sword and it feels very satisfied. <laughs> 
probably just looks as I need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, once this fight is over, I will be holding this sword up. I have the power! <laughs> Rob's, Robert's just looking at you in absolute awe. <laughs> and I just, I look at my sword and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll have to end my turn. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the end of your turn. Uh, Robert, you're up. <laughs> uh, I look at my sword and think, how the fuck do I match that? Uh, <laughs> um, I've noticed that there's not much going on. Um, with my sword, it's not doing anything. Um, it did a little bit of damage, but yeah, it didn't. Certainly it's, didn't. It's not doing barely any noticeable damage. Um, so in this situation, is gonna go right. Well, the, the sword ain't working. So does it take an action to switch weapon, or if I drop the sword? You can drop the sword. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pull out. I'm gonna pull out the longbow. Okay. Drop the sword. Pull out the longbow. And I am going to cast Hail of Thorns. Okay. Um, Is that a first or a second level spell? It's going to have to be a first. Um, okay. And uh, that's obviously it's it's, a, it's similar to Snare and Strike that I've got to announce that I'm doing it first. Okay. And it's I'll read it out. It says next time you hit a creature with a ranged weapon, attack before the spell ends. A rain of thorns sprouts from your ranged weapon or ammunition, as well as the normal effect of the attack. Each creature must make a dex saving throw. A creature takes 1d10 piercing damage on the failed save, half on the successful one. So, notice that this one's obviously less healthy than the other one. Mm -hmm. I am going to cast that, Hail of Thorns, and I'm going to attack with my um, with my longbow. Okay, so if you hit and he fails to save, he'll take an additional 8 damage. Yeah, so it's seven with nine piercing. Ah, uh, swing and a miss. Yeah. Do I get a second attack on long on range? Do. I do, you so do. I'll attack again. A twenty-five with six. Twenty-five with six. So the first one just goes wide and clatters against the wall of the ruin, but the second one finds home and you imbue it with this just nature energy and you watch as the arrow itself begins to grow little thorns as it flies through the air and when it hits it explodes in just this rain of little thorns that just tear through this thing's body. I will say the six damage is halved. Yep. Uh, so he takes three from that. Now let me make a dexterity saving throw for him. Um, oh wow, yes. Plus nothing to dex. That sucks. Uh, a twelve? Does that beat your spell save DC? Spell save's a ten, isn't it? Ah, then yes, it does. Yeah. So he takes four damage from your thorns. Okay. Oh, and you were covered in Icor, so you take one half, so you take one poison damage. <laughs> Okie dokie, there you go. <laughs> okay, that's your turn. Yeah, that's got to be it. Okay, my poor hound is going to regenerate a little bit of health. Yeah, he's actually looking reasonably healthy now. Shit. That's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I like regenerate. <laughs> but what is he going to do? Didn't like that Rogar killed his friend, and he still has some spells left. Ah, oh, slag. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rogar, he's going to cast Hold Monster on you. So make me a Wisdom saving throw. God damn it! Twelve. That is a fail. <laughs> 
Bastard. You watch as this thing howls, and your entire body just goes completely rigid, almost like you've turned to stone inside your armor. You are paralyzed. That is its turn, because it can't do anything else. Absolute bastard. Oh, it's going to roll for its angled re-entry, and on a five, it gets it back. Yay. <sighs> Fuck. Okay, then. So, that was its turn. Rogar, you are paralyzed. Make me another wisdom saving throw. See if you break out at the end of your turn. A nice. natural 20. Bastard that you are. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> okay. That shatters his hold monster, because you're a git. And <laughs> you can uh, move and attack again. But that is your turn done. Robert, you're up. Right. Um, I'm going to move as far away as I possibly can from him. Okay. I have no other choice, really. Um, and seeing as nothing else is working, I am going to do exactly what I've just done in the last round. Okay. So I'm going to cast um, Hail of Fall. This is basically a last ditch for me. So cast Spell, and then I'm going to attack with my longbow twice. Okay. So, where's my weapons, weapons, weapons? There we are. So attack again. 18 with 7. Uh, 18 hits. So, and it's the hail of thorns again, isn't it? So, yep, so he's gonna make his deck save. Natural two, he fails, so he takes awesome. additional four points of damage from your explosion of thorns. And then attack again, but it'll still be a normal attack, won't it? Yep. Yeah. So attack normal. Oh, 18 and eight piercing. Wow, uh, you just rolled doubles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's that. Okay, he takes a little bit of damage from those arrows. He is still looking okay. Back to his round. More wound healing. Good for him. And, well, you know what? He might as well have a little bit of fun. He is going to cast... Actually, no, he already used this one. Damn. Is that a miss he used to attack? He was, he was attacking. I thought I used Phantasmal Killer on this first one. I, I thought I did. I, I don't know. I know I cast it once. Uh, I'll, I'll say I've used it. So um, he is going to. What's he gonna do? He is going to. Oh yeah, he's gonna fly. Oh, he's gonna. F Great. Yeah, because they can fly. Um, Rogar, you watch yeah. as this thing just leaps into the air over you and flies sixty feet towards Robert. Oh shit. Lands down just behind him and is going to use his tongue attack. Oh, oh Robert, I feel so sorry for you. You ran away from me. <laughs> yeah, I ran I've tried, tried to create space, I'm doomed. Yeah. Um sadly though, that's a twelve, which I don't think hits you. No, it's a fourteen. Damn. So its tongue whips out to try to wrap around your throat again, but you've seen this thing coming and you just sort of duck out of the way and it completely misses. Fool me, what, fool, fool me what shame on you. Fool me till I shame on me. <laughs> uh, but, Rogar, this thing is now about 40 feet away from you. So I'd have to dash to get to it. Yeah. That's what you say. Um, so what I'll do is I'll move... 30 feet towards where Robert is. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert and the creature. Um, I'll say the creature is 10 feet away from Robert because his uh, tongue attack is a ranged attack. So he basically leapt and flew right over him. 
So he's ten feet from me. Yes. Okay. And can can I see the creature? I can I can see the creature clearly. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to use a cantrip. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to cast Firebolt. Interesting. Which is 120 foot range and is 2d10. Okay, good. Make your uh, spell attack roll then. Quick question. Mm-hmm. I haven't got it written down, so can I just roll 2d10s? No. Roll a d20 for me. Okay. 16. 16. Yeah, that hits. Right. Uh, so roll your 2d10. Uh, a 9. 9? Okay, you uh, blast it for nine points of fire damage. Cool. So yeah, I'll, I'll describe it as I run up and I, as I'm thinking to myself, uh, yeah, fire, fuck. <laughs> throw, a fi- throw a fireball at it. Hopefully singe it a little bit. Okay, you do singe it a bit. Uh, I don't think I did this last time, so you take two points of poison damage from the icor that's still on you. Fair shout. Um, Didn't do it for me either. Yeah. Thank you for being honest. You take... Six points, half to three. Right, yeah. So you are both being attrition down a little bit. Yeah, I'm very attrition down. <laughs> and that is the end of your turn, Rogar. So, Robert, what are you up to? Right, well, I'm nearly dead. Um, I have no more healing. I have no more. Sp- I have no more spells. It is your turn. You take one more point of poison damage. Yeah. I have um, no more healing, no more spells. I've dropped my sword. I've literally got my longbow in my hand. That is literally all I have. Shooter. Um, I'm gonna. That's the only thing I've got left. Um, clearly, there's no point running because it can catch up with me. Clearly, just by flying and leaping over me. Yeah. So I thought, do you know what? If I'm going down, I'm going down for fighting. So I'm just gonna attack it twice with the longbow. Okay. So. 20 and 5. That hits. And 11 and 6, which doesn't. We got some misses, isn't it? Uh, the second one does indeed miss. Yeah. Okay, takes 3 points of damage. Cool. So, that is your turn, Robert. Yeah, there's nothing else I can do. I'm. <laughs> Back to his turn. Gains health. Yay. Bastard. It's looking uh, pretty healthy now, I will say. Uh, one thing you did notice, Rogar, when you shot the firebolt at it, some of the blue icor actually like burned away entirely from the creature's body. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Seems the icor doesn't react well to fire. Uh, what is it going to do? You know what? It is once again going to shoot its tongue out at Robert from Tempe. Oh dear. Oh my god, I actually got a natural 20. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Because this thing hits really fucking hard. Yeah. It's not going to matter. <laughs> it, could, um, it, it could do a gentle uh, fart in my general direction. I'm going down. Oh dear. Uh, so it does 55 points of psychic damage? Oh, that's a one shot. <laughs> that would have one shotted me. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. I'm down. Jesus. <laughs> so. A couple of things we're going to have to go through here. So first off, its tongue shoots out and wraps around your throat, and it just digs in and chokes you, and you feel your life just start to fade away. Now, the Dreamlands are a bit of a different place, and I don't know how either of you cottoned onto it when I uh, described it by the Crimson Tongue, 
But she did mention that death isn't exactly a thing here. But there are worse things than death. So, when you reach zero hit points, you don't get death saving throws. Oh, wonderful. Because you're still alive. Yeah. Okay. Your body is still alive somewhere, but your strength of will is going to be tested. Oh. So, I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, shit. I'm already going down. Well, uh, would that still be in effect because he's dead now? Uh, that's a good point. I would say, given the nature of this place, the death would remove the negation. Because in the moment, your brain is like being tricked into being affected by it. But in the moment of death, with your body kind of exploding into a just mental shards of your body shattering out everywhere. I don't think the negative would affect you, so I will say you can reset your wisdom. Right, so I'm back up to the 12. Yeah, I'm back up to 12. Yep. Yeah. Right, so wisdom saving throw number one. Just a normal straight up. Yep. Oh, four. <sighs> you fail your wisdom saving throw, Robert. Yeah. So, Rogar, you watch as Robert's body, as I say, basically explodes sending little shards of light everywhere. And Robert, what you lose when you fail to save isn't health. You lose part of your mind. Right. Your mind is going to start to fragment, and I need you to tell me an important memory that Robert has. And it's going to be lost to you forever. Um, him falling out of his dad about how they could make a living together because that's the thing that kind of set them on their separate ways and he's not seen him since. Okay. So so basically he's fallout with his father. Okay. So, Robert, for you now, you have your childhood, you have your time with your father, and you remember your father. You remember living with him, you remember working together. And then there's just a gap and you're out on your own and you have this sensation that you're not welcome but you don't remember why and it worries you that you don't remember why but you know you shouldn't go back it's like a a contradicting thought in your head that you're curious to see why but you know you shouldn't go mm -hmm. and it's just a blank gap in your memory as your body begins to reform around 200 feet away from where you just died so you are essentially out of this combat for the moment Okie dokie. Am I back up? What health or...? Uh, you are returned at full health. Okie dokie. Alright, so I'm 200 feet away now. Mm -hmm. right. Essentially, you your mental form was destroyed and it's reformed itself at full health. Mm, is that the same but... as spell slots? Uh, spell slots, no. They're still gone. Your body yeah. is restored in the sense your mental body, but you're, you're still exhausted. Right, okay. Okay. Okie dokie. And that was the Hound's turn. Uh, Rogar, it's your turn, having just watched your friend explode. Yeah, uh, that's quite a worrying sight. Um, don't fancy having that happen to myself. I'm trying to think of what the best plan of attack is here. So, even if it, hmm. Question, would I still have my Shield of Faith, yes or no? Because I've been paralysed a couple of times. You've been... Paralyzed, but I don't believe 
That's actually a very good question. Let me just double check whether paralysis actually stops you concentrating. I think yeah. it doesn't, but I want to be certain. Yeah, I haven't actually been hit by anything, so... No, you've not. <laughs> um, nope, says nothing about dropping concentration. You still have it. Excellent. Right. So... Screw it. Uh, I'm going to try and kill this thing. Um, and Eclipse is... Uh, Souped up. Yeah, feeling pretty happy with itself. So, right. Oh, question. Pearl of power. Would that? Can I just? Was that like an action to use it, or a bonus action to use it? Uh, I think pearl of power is a bonus action. I can double check, and you should write it down. I should. I will. <laughs> <laughs> See, if I was a harsh DM, I would say you couldn't use any item that you hadn't written down how it uses. Um, no, actually, it is a full action to speak this world, Pearl's command word, and regain one expended spell slot up to third level. Yeah, that, that, sorry. That's fair, that's fair. Full action. Um, right, okay. Um, so, I'll, I'll take a swing with... Oh, yeah. I'll take a swing with Super Tub Eclipse. Okay. Yeah, go, yeah, I'll go with it. 15? Uh, a 15 does hit. And I get Just. to re-roll... Can I, I can re-roll one of my... You can indeed, yeah. Night, so 19, and I'll... Screw it, I'll stick a Divine Spite on it. Go for it. Be what you were born to be, a Divine Spite Spammer. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, is, that is what I was designed to be born to be. Um, again, only uh, uh, first level this time. Yeah, yeah it's still he's, useful. And he's still a fiend, so he still takes a lot of damage from it. Yep, so that's... Uh, 19 plus 16, 31. Yep, that uh, that hurt, but this thing regained a lot of health while you guys weren't attacking it. So you rush forward with Eclipse and try to impale him straight through the chest, and you do another one of these Divine Smites, so he just explodes with this greenish radiant energy. Not quite as viciously as some of the previous ones, but you definitely hurt the thing. Go for that second attack. Yep, second attack. And I'll use Guided Strike. Okay. To guide that attack. So that's actually a 22 to attack. Nice. So something we didn't explicitly mention on our uh, first episode post the arc, but Rogar is now a Conquest Paladin. So he has changed his oath entirely. And now he has Guided Strike. And yeah, 17 points of damage. And I'll... Stick another smite on it. <laughs> I knew okay. that was coming. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the first roll, so that's another 10, so 27. Is this like your last spell slot? I have one remaining, <laughs> but, but, as a bonus action, I'll take Mage's Blood. Interesting. Um, well, you might, you don't necessarily need to do that because I'm not finished what I was saying. All right, okay. <laughs> uh, well, you can anyway if you want to get it back, but. So you rush forward with Eclipse and you jam this souped-up monstrous version of the Greatsword into this chest. And as it's still stood, it kind of rears back on its hind legs and reaches out with its claws. And you just slam Eclipse almost halfway through this thing's body. And you watch as the grey Greatsword is sticking out of this thing's spined back. And you just explode it with one last divine smite, drawing nearly all of your energy into it and its body just tears apart into two separate pieces as it lands on the ground. Nice. Thank God for that. Um, yeah, shit, man. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so as it like explodes and dissipates, Rogar's just gonna like look at Eclipse and be like, "Happy now, White Master." Oh, it has been so long since we faced true battle. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I'll look around to see if I can see Robert anywhere. It's like, are you going to wipe the uh, poison off yourself? Yes, yes, I'll wipe the poison <laughs> off myself and off Eclipse before I sheath it as well, so that I don't get any more on me. Okay, you wipe yourself down. Um, you start looking around, and as you start looking through the area, you notice the runes the the ruins. The ruins start to fade. In fact, they're kind of becoming see-through, and after a few moments of just looking around you, the whole area reverts back to being in the middle of the woods. The rolling mist on the floor is gone. The night is gone. You see the twin suns above you again. It's daylight and you're in the forest, and just in the distance, you can spy what looks to be Robert, like Keeled over, trying to catch his breath, leaning against a tree. Um, yeah, go on. I'll, I'll head over to Robert. I'm assuming there's no kind of, there's no way to rest here. So, you haven't tried. Yeah, interesting. But uh, congratulations, guys! You survived your first nightmare. Well, Rogar did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah. That divine smite is. Fucking sweet against those things. <laughs> Quick question: Will 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 Robert remember dying? Or oh yeah, you remember every horrifying moment of what just happened to you. Yeah, it's a slightly uh, strange moment for you as you recall your own torturous death. But uh, yeah, you're yeah. you seem to be alive at the moment. I was like, what the what the what what the fuck happened? I I, I just remember this thing that that thing it had me around the throat. I just felt all consciousness just go, and the next thing you know, I appeared here. Rogo's just going to put his hand on Robert's back and be like, might want to go pick your sword up, bud, and just point to it laying on the floor. Oh, yeah, I remember dropping that, and yeah, I go... Being wary, obviously, because obviously I don't, you know, I've just, you know, been in battle, so I'll go over and, like, tentatively look around and pick it up and jo go join Rogar again. Now, I know you don't need to, but I could do with somewhere to rest up since, you know, one of us had to do the heavy lifting. Well, I don't know um, <laughs> about you, but I've got a splitting headache. Um, well, you see, I think kind of as a bit of punishment for, you know, disappearing, you're going to have to do the rest, like the first watch while I rest. So um, how about we look for somewhere that's, you know, Lockable, let's say. Yeah, some shelter would be good. So, um, if I'm trying to focus on it, kind of thing, I'm, you know, I'm looking for. To be honest, I'm kind of looking for somewhere where ghouls might be, but you hmm. know, that's because I kind of want. I feel like that's where Rogar would feel a bit safer and a bit. They seem to stick, like from what the from speaking to the first one, you know, when I first came into the dream. They kind of, they want to, they stay away from big cities and they're kind of, I don't want to say loners, so to speak, but they're, you know, they're, they're shunned by these people. So they try and keep themselves to themselves and they might, you know, be a bit more reciprocating to me looking like I do. Okay. Um, okay. Do me and uh, just straight up intelligence. 
and we'll see what you find. Nine. Nine. Um, you focus for a little while, and it takes probably about half an hour of wandering back through this dead forest till you find what looks like what may have at one point been a bit of a tunnel to the underground, but it's long since collapsed. So it's a little bit of shelter, but it's basically like a little a little pocket of dirt that you could uh, crawl into. Right. Could I stealth into there and take a look? Sure. The stealth decks with advantage because of my boots. 20? Nice. 20? Yeah, you, uh, you hunker down low and you kind of sneak just to the corner of this um, tunnel entranceway. And yeah, you kind of poke your head down and see it, it goes down for about 20 feet. And then it looks like it caved in at some point in the long distant past. Right. Um... But it seems to be out of direct line of sight from things in the forest. Mm. I was going to say, could I take a perception check to make sure there's nothing else in here? As far as you can tell, even without it, it's like a pocket of dirt. Right. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll come back out and I'll tell Rogar that um, there's, no, there's nothing in there. It seems safe. Okay. So, I was going to say, can I, well, can you long rest here? Well, you can try. I might, I might give it a go, try and take a bit of a long rest, because it doesn't seem as though there's night on nightmares. You know what I mean? So, it's like it doesn't work on the same timeline as Earth, plane, mm-hmm. wood. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to give it a go, see if, see if long rests are possible. Okay. So, Rogar, you kind of hunker down in your armor and lean up against the, uh, the dirt wall and start to close your eyes. So, um, Robert, you're taking first watch? Yeah, because, yeah, to be fair, he took he did the, the donkey work. So I, I didn't really, when he, said, when he said that, I didn't really have an argument. So I was like, <laughs> well. All right, um, you do me a perception check. Yeah. Uh, Rogar, you try to close your eyes and you lean against the wall, and it's weird because you can't really sleep. And you suddenly, after about 20 minutes of trying and just not getting anywhere, you sort of realize why is that, of course, you can't sleep. You're already asleep. Technically. Oh. Hmm. Shit. But what you do realize is just resting in this peaceful moment does start to restore you. So what you will learn during this is that um, you don't actually sleep in the dreamlands. You take what equates to a meditation for four hours, a bit like um, elves get as they're trancing. That's what you essentially do. So you get a four-hour long rest by trancing. Okay. Meditating. So that so that so it works the same as a long rest restore spell. Yeah, yeah, it works the exact same as a long rest. Excellent, excellent. Oh, wonderful. Uh, that perception was a ten, by the way. Yeah, with a ten, you don't see too much. At one point, you feel like you notice something, maybe like mist that's moving a little bit oddly, like it's just sort of hanging around the tree line. But then, after a few moments, it seems to disappear. Right, well, I'll I'll go down and say that miss seems to be appearing, but it's not doing too much at the minute. Maybe we don't want to stick around here too long. Okay, um, so as I'm coming out of my trance, the first thing I'll do is I'll say my prayer to uh, the Whispering Man for uh, imbuing me with the uh, divine energy to see off those uh, 
horrible fiends <laughs> and get my uh, temporary HP, if that's possible. Yep, no, but it's fine. And um, yeah, uh, and then wonder what the hell Robert's talking about because he's talking about a mist that's yeah. menacing. Um, you know, the fog. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it just it's strange as mist can act. It's so just does it, it, it after what we've just been through, considering it was you know walking through the forest, and the next thing you know, it's all fossil, it's all misty, and next thing you know, ruins appear. Probably yeah. best go you know, to being alert where you know if we see any mist. Right. Um. So I'm thinking what we need to do is we need to have focus on finding Mr. Howard. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I suppose that's that's kind of the quest that we're on at the minute. Yes, uh, Robert, are you going to long rest as well, or you keep on with that spells? Well, I, in that in that fight, I realised my weapons didn't do shit, so, so I'm going to need I'm going to need some firepower. But at the same time, it's like that mist is fucking about. Um, it's up to you. You you can have a long. You can either transfer the four hours, um, or I can give you the glaive. At which point you will be able to do damage to these things, but you will fight with disadvantage because you don't know how to use it. It might be better for me just to do the trance thing. I think. Get your spell slots back. Yeah, because I've got all my HP. That's why I was umming and ahhing about it. It's just spell slots that I need. Um... I mean, I can give you one, but mm. um, Rangers can use glaives. They can use martial weapons. Oh. Oh right, fair enough. So you could use the glaive. Well, I'll tell you what. Then I'll just I'll take the glaive. Sod it. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you 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 will pony up for renting my glaive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert's like, you want my gold? Uh, I tell you what, I'll keep hold of something that's precious to you, in a similar value to the value of my weapon. Now, the okay. value of my weapon is roughly one thousand two hundred. So. Unless you've got one thousand two hundred gold, I'm, um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna need some kind of collateral. Um, I'm gonna say, how about this? Um, and he's looking around. He's obviously just realised how awful Robert Robert's thinking. You know, I really did bad in this battle. If I come across anything like that, I'm dead again. Um, but he realises he doesn't have that much gold, so he goes right, rogue, rogues. I can call you rogues. You're my buddy now, aren't you? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Rogar side eyes him. Um, <laughs> how about we come to an agreement then? Obviously, you know you're you're helping me find this Martin. Um, there's a quite large, substantial, substantial reward. Okay. How about we split it 75-25, Obviously, seventy five being for me. You get twenty five percent of the gold. You let me use your glaive, and at the end, of when we find Martin, I'll give you the glaive back. Wait, wait, wait! wait. So it's eighteen thousand. So okay. you being for four and a half grand in gold. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that sounds all right. Um, right, fine. I tell you what, we find this mine. You give me twenty five percent of the gold and my glaive back. Yeah, and your glaive. And 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 while we're going around, just just have a have a little think about. Maybe you need a guiding light. Maybe. You need to follow something. And maybe there's gold. See, Robert thinks back to the battle and he looks, he remembers what Eclipse did. 
Now, Robert's not aware of Eclipse has got nothing to do with the Crimson Tongue or anything like that, but he thinks he's got that and he can do that. Maybe there's something about this. So Robert looks at Rogar and goes, I'll have a think. That was what you know, you was that was impressive before. Yep, that's what I'll that's have a think. That's all Rogar asks. <laughs> Just that you consider it. Yeah, I'll consider it. Yeah. <laughs> at, at, at this moment in time, we're 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 going forwards and uh you know This is it, we're buds I, I, now, I, I, aren't we? Planting the seed. Yeah. Planting the seed. I'm gonna give some water, let it grow. <laughs> Robert just think I need a magic weapon. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so... I, I, I hold my hand out again. So you no, know, you got yourself a deal. Yeah, shake hands. Um, I'll uh, I'll loan him the glaive. Yeah, again, <laughs> again. At that point, Robert transforms into a horrifying monster, stabs you in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at that point, Robert turns into Steve, flips you off, and disappears. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just trying to input the stats for Glaive now. Uh, so, is it a strength weapon or. I'll, I'll send him for you to you on. All right, no worries. No worries. Cool. So, no more resting. You guys are going to head off again back on the trail of uh, Mr. Howard? Yeah. I'll go without yeah. the spell slots if I've got the Glaive. Okay. So I won't make you roll again because you are rolled to be in the general area of where this guy is. Now it's kind of the case of just following the general feeling you have of the direction of where Martin Howard is currently holed up. Mm -hmm. yep. It takes, I'd say, your best guess of maybe two hours of walking through this forest. You don't notice the mist again, but there is this constant feeling of things are not safe here. Things are very, very bad here. You let your guard down things can get a whole lot worse very quickly. But you make your way through the dead forest, and eventually the tree line stops. It breaks, and you can look out, and you see what looks like sand and a desert. The fuck? And just a little bit in the distance, I'd say probably about 600, 700 feet from where you guys are, and it's broad daylight, and there's nothing blocking your view, so you can make something out. It looks like a a settlement, as best you can tell. What would otherwise be probably a medium-sized village, except in the middle, there is a gigantic golden snake. I'm talking, this is a huge temple-like structure that is surrounded by a massive curled serpent that when it gets to the top, splits into multiple heads. You see at least five from where you are that are large enough to be seen at this distance. Mm. And it is quite monstrous. Right. Rogues, what do you think? Rogar does not like the idea of heading towards a uh, place full of people. Um, yeah. Could, I suppose, could, it, could I do a perception check from this distance just to I don't know whether I get a feel of how, how, how many people are there or anything. Uh, I'd say you'd have to get a bit closer to be able to tell anything decent out. Do you want okay. me to stealth up to it to get a bit closer? Um, 
Well, you see, what we should what we should really never do is split the pie. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, I'm thinking, mm. I'm thinking, if I concentrate hard enough, can I make myself appear to look like somebody else? I'll, it's been long enough that I can let you attempt to change how you look again. Okay. Um, since he's the only per- since yeah, it's the only person I can kind of think of that I would, you know, to make myself look like. I might try and make myself look a bit like Tommy. Interesting. Go for a go for an intelligence check. Go on. A sixteen. Sixteen. Ooh. You focus for a few moments, and uh, do you try like full Tommy's and like you want all his clothes and everything? Or are you still wearing the plate? Um, I'll I'll still um I'll. So yeah, I would might like stop focusing on making my my armor look white, so it just goes back to being the grey. Mm. I look kind of like so so facially, and you know, I, I'm like a bigger built version of Tommy. So I, I but I look like he does. Okay, so um, yeah, with a sixteen, you do a pretty good approximation of a slightly bulkier looking Tommy. He's got a bit of a squarer jaw to fit. What is your kind of ghoulish part, ghoulish part, dragon, draconic maw? But uh, yeah, you do a reasonable approximation with a 16. Robert just looks at him and goes, he's getting a bit more convincing. Well, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I'm, I, feel, I, I feel a little bit better. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if these things appear as they are, or, you know, they're doing what I'm doing or they can see through it, but. I suppose, like, I, I, I'm moving a bit further up to get that perception check. Look. Okay, so you, you guys are going to wander up then to do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so you start wandering closer, and I'll say now you're probably about... Do you want to stealth at all when you get closer, or are you close to um, you can start to see I'll, I'll let I'll let Robert go a bit like go a bit further ahead so he can stealth. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stealth maybe. ahead, because... Okay. Wandering into something we don't know what it, what it is is probably not a good idea. Okay, I'll say, Rogar, you stop at about 300 feet away then. And, uh, Robert, if you want to give me a stealth check as you yep. try to get a bit closer. With advantage. 18. Cool. So, you start to uh, slink your way through the shifting sands and you get a little bit closer. You kind of walk up, um, almost like to walk in a bit of a circle around this village. So you go up on a a bit of a sand dune to give you a decent view. And mm-hmm. hit me with a perception check as well. Alright. Just a straight up normal perception. Yeah, just see see what you can see. Oh god, a six. six. Um, you cast your eyes across, and you're kind of lying in the sand to kind of keep low. Uh, with a six, you can see there are people in this village that seem to be just wandering around, going through their everyday lives. You can't really make any of them out very well from this distance with a six. It's the sun's in your eyes. It's kind of blinding mm. and reflecting off the sand. It's very difficult. But you, even with a six, you can tell at this distance, though, the um, the gigantic golden temple, which is just shining brightly in the middle of this desert, the snake heads that split off at the top, you can see five like massive snake heads, and then all up the bodies of the snake, you see smaller snake heads splitting off from it. So, like, this thing is not just five heads, it's multiple, but they're all kind of combined together all the way up the snake bodies. All five of the main heads have their mouths open and these gigantic fangs that are just out and open to the air. 
Right. Um, I'm just trying to think now. I've got to, I'm going to have to go back and relay what I've seen to, to Rogar. Um, could I tell if everyone in there was human or not? Uh, not with the six. No. Um, obviously, I'm not going to tell, be te- tell what type of people they are, and if, if it's just like a religious cult or if it's like a little village or something like that either, am I? Um, mm. Right. Well, I'll just go back to Rogar and I'll just say what I've seen. Um, you say there's people in there. Um, can't tell what they're doing. Um, yeah, what do you want to do? Uh, I can't tell if they're hostile or not. It's, tem- it's tempting to try use scrying again to look at this guy, but then he has the option to try and run if if it fails. Mm. You um, can scry on a location as well. Remember. So. So did so did Robert see any kind of like taverns or inns or you know anything kind of like that? Uh not not really. Basically, he saw buildings that just seemed to be this uh, white stone brick building just scattered around the desert, different shapes, different sizes, and then there's the temple itself in the distance. So it's a medium sized village. It's not massive. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't even tell if he was human. So if it was human, I could go up and knock and maybe we them. do some. Maybe we do scrying on the temple. We can see it. Yeah. That work, Cookson? Yeah, you can scry on the temple. Um, it, the spell basically says instead of targeting a creature, you can choose a location you have seen before as the target of the spell. When you do, the sensor appears at that location and doesn't move. Yeah, screw it. Let's do that and see if we can see anything. Yeah, it works for me. You know, specifically looking for um, Martin Howard, you know, just get a feel for the place and the people that are in it kind of thing as well. Okay. So, Rogo, you kind of sit down in a bit of a meditative stance and bring out the seer's amulet, and you begin to cast Scrying on the temple. Your vision does like it did last time. It kind of rushes away from your body, but this time it doesn't get blocked by anything. It just flows straight forward, and all of a sudden you're looking down on the temple from above, and the scrying sensor moves to give you a view of basically the front of the temple and then stops. As it's there and you're looking around, you notice that on the steps of the temple, as it raises up into the, into the air, there is like a, a flat platform with a number of five stone slabs. And all five of them have people tied to the slabs. You see a number of creatures walk out of the temple. All of them are robed, one of them in much more impressive robes than the others. The four that join him are in kind of darkish brown and red robes with these snake fang necklaces that go around them. They're all carrying these golden daggers with symbols of a serpent on the hilt. And you see that all five of these people are snake men. They have the cobra hood rising up behind them. A complete snake head, except they have humanoid hands and feet. As you watch these people leave the temple, you see that they seem to be addressing the crowd. At least you assume there's a crowd. You can't see from the angle you are, but they're speaking out. And the snake man 
that is wearing the fanciest robes walks out to the front and he raises up this symbol into the air and it is a coiled serpent with a crescent marked on its head and he kind of raises it up and he raises up his dagger in the other hand and you can hear the crowd cheering and he points his dagger up to one of the gigantic golden serpent heads from the temple above him and you watch his venom begins to drip from the fangs onto the stone slab where this what otherwise looks like a normal human is just tied to and as the venom just starts to drip down onto his body onto his face onto his eyes he begins to scream as it melts away his flesh and in a few moments he is no more he repeats this process again on the second person uh, the second person you actually see seems to be a ghoul and the same thing happens third person you recognize actually as a tiefling the fourth is a halfling and all four of these people die in the same gruesome fashion as the venom drips down from each of the four heads that have been pointed to so far and then that just leaves the slab in the center the creature approaches this man and the crowd goes silent this priest walks up to the last body and this also appears to be a human man one that you don't recognize and he raises the dagger up for a moment and then the symbol and then this time he puts the dagger away keeps the symbol out you hear him address the prisoner for the crimes of deception and secret breaking we condemn this one to fates worse than the poison of the great Yig. And he raises the symbol over his body and he begins to cast a spell. The thing you notice as you're looking down is that this slab in the center only chains down one arm and both feet. You watch as his left arm is free and he's kind of trying to grab at the other stone shackles and he just can't break them there. He is struggling in vain and you watch as his nails are breaking off as he's trying to rip at the uh, at the shackles and he just can't get off the slab and he starts trying to reach up to the priest and it's just too far away. And as the priest finishes his spell, you watch as that arm, that left arm that is outstretched towards the priest begins to shake and his hand, the fingers on it, begin to congeal together and in just a matter of seconds the whole arm is a massive snake the snake turns in the air and looks down at the man their eyes just lock together for a few moments and as the man gasps the snake's fangs come out and it shoots towards his throat and just begins tearing at his flesh, eventually ripping the throat out entirely. On that, the arm seems to just fall away and turn into a full snake and slithers off inside the temple. The priest nods and goes, The great Yig has decided this one's fate. He is guilty of all crimes. My congregation, the father of snakes watches over you all. And he turns 
and walks back into the temple. The last thing you see, Rogar, before the spell ends, is as they're walking into the temple, you notice there's a number of other prisoners in there. All of them shackled up, but they seem to have just been let out to watch what happens to people who break their laws, whatever they seem to be. And then they're all led back inside. And did I recognize anybody at all? I'll say do a perception check on the prisoners that got back. 16. 16. Looking over the people as they're led back inside, you noticed all of them are wearing shackles bar one. And he is a, a larger gentleman with dirty blonde hair who seems to be a bit better clothed than the rest of them. The rest are all seemingly wearing rags that have been tattered. This guy is still wearing a reasonable shirt and pants, but he does seem to have two guards that are stood very close to him. So although he is not shackled, your first impression is that he's not there entirely of a free will, but he's also led inside. Interesting. Hmm. So I'm guessing that's our man. Well, what did he look like, Rogo? No, I would have seen that, would I? <laughs> no, no. So I'll relay to Robert what I've seen. Um, the, the killing old mentioned Yig, as I assume deity that they're following. And then obviously I'll, um, you know, I'll run through kind of what they did. That, and then, uh, you know, describe the guy who, you know, out of all the prisoners, there was one who didn't have shackles on. There was one who, you know, seemed to have been not not so much kept there of his free will, but you know, almost have a working arrangement to an to an extent. So, so I I stop him mid says, "Wait, you said dirty blonde hair?" Yeah, yeah, dirty blonde, slight, you know, slightly larger human male. This is the guy. This has to be the guy. There's been no one. I've been. I've been. This did everyone we've seen. You know, everyone I've seen. No one's looked that way before. It's got to be him. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go in there after what you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have to plan for this. But yeah. Also, if we're getting in there, we're gonna have to do it quickly and be in and out. Yeah, the thing is, though, we're gonna have to take the body as proof. Something mm. on him, or his head, or something, anything as proof. It's not just going to be a case of get in, kill him, get out. That's the problem. We need to get some sort of evidence, otherwise we don't get paid. Well, uh, Robert emphasizes. Ed Robert emphasizes the word "we" now. <laughs> yeah, Rogar really, really doesn't want to go in there. Robert really, after what happened in the last battle, I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to go in there." But the whole reason I'm here is in there. Yeah. So we need. Well, I need to go in there. I'll say, Cookson. Other than other than the city that's in front of us, is there anything else around us? Uh, as far as you can see from here, sand dunes and desert out into the distance. You, if you wanted to find something specifically, you'd have to start going exploring. Yeah, yeah. Don't really explore. Um, can I make a perception check to see if there's anything like you know, like like any drainage or something like that from the place, so it's like some sort of tunnel we could potentially sneak into. Uh, you can do me a perception, sure. Yeah. Fifteen. Fifteen. Glancing around, you don't 
see anything like a sewer network, this village is too small for something like that. Whether there's anything closer to the temple, you'd have to get a lot closer to find out. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no tunnels or Ogar or anything we could use to sneak in. Um, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're a dude that can do magic shit. Uh, can you fly? Uh, no. Ogar cannot fly. So... Um, <laughs> what I'm thinking is, if we... We haven't seen any guards or anything like that. It's just these dudes, but they must, they must, obviously, they must, they must have something about them if they can capture all those people and kill them. Unless they're willing know. at some point. But then again, they wouldn't all be different. I, I can't see that because they... Um, can I do a religion check to see if I recognize the, the name Yig? Um, I'd say if you're going to use the book, you can, and it would be with advantage on your esoteric lore if you do that. Ah. <sighs> It's worth four and a half grand. <laughs> yeah, go on then, I'll have a look. Uh, so what kind of check do I need to make? Just a religion check? Yeah, religion check would be fine. Religion with advantage. Yep. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. You... You find a couple of references to the father of snakes. Yig. With a 13, you glean that he is some sort of great old one, generally associated with snakes, and he is worshipped by a variety of things. Not always are serpent folk religious, but they do have almost a intrinsic tie to him. You don't really see too much else. You do make see a note about a coiled serpent with a crescent mark, that is considered Yig's symbol. Okay. Right. So, not... so, so I don't know. I don't know too much. Not too much with the thirteen. No, no. But I do. I know. I know he's spoken about in the book, which must mean that he's some part of the pantheon. The same. Yep. And you need to roll me a d one hundred. I do. Damn it. Sixty two. Huh. Well. D ten. Okay, for the next nine minutes, you have disadvantage on ability checks because you are experiencing vivid hallucinations. Rogar, <laughs> the moment you put the book down after reading about Yig, this whole desert is snakes, man. There's snakes everywhere. What the fuck? Robert is standing on snakes. They're crawling all over him. They are coming for you, just out of the ground. <laughs> uh, Rogar being Rogar would start laughing hilariously. Um... <laughs> Because <laughs> he stood on a pile of fucking snakes. <laughs> so this put Robert goes over to him and says, "Man, what the fuck is oh, up with you?" Oh dear God! <laughs> <laughs> Do you not see them, man? I've got one big snake, but I don't see many. <laughs> uh, well, while Rogar spends the next nine minutes rolling around on the floor, laughing and fighting off snakes. I think that's a good time to end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Oh. That was eventful. It was. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Oh, I, did a, I did a Rogar. I died, but not died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Luckily, luckily for you, the Dreamlands is a bit of a unique place. Yeah. 
I just don't know why I fell out with my dad now. That's a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a bit worrying. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say this, um, just as a general mechanics point of view, the uh, DC you had to pass for that first death was a six. You oh. like a four, I think. <laughs> Yeah. And it now it will raise by two every time you die. So for you, it's now an eight. Oh, wonderful. Oops. Actually, sorry, I misread that. It, it started in eight. It's now a ten. Oh, okay. No worries. Yeah. I still failed it either way. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that's, that's, that's fun. Yeah. Let's wait till it gets to 20 and see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> this whole arc is just I going need... to be the many deaths of the party. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you guys next week can face off against the Temple of Yig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel this might be like some fucking escape from It's going to be amazing. <laughs> or not. It could not be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I hope you all listening at home enjoyed. That was Gunpowder Treason No Plot. We are available on all major podcast providers. We have Twitter accounts. I am at Treason No. My players are on there with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. We have a WordPress website at Gunpowder Treason No Plot and a Facebook group at Gunpowder Treason No Plot. And I will turn you over to my co-host to say goodbye. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice, as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me at Lost Art Podcasting and Lost Art Wrestling Podcast. They're available on all good podcast providers, and you can follow them on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LAOW Podcast. Maybe one day, I'll be in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Estate in Preston, Lancashire, the UK. Europe for now. <laughs> and yes, you can find me also on those podcasts, but you can also find me on the RAD Live podcast. We are on Twitter at UKRAD Podcast, and you can find us on where you can find most good places of where you can find podcasts like Spreaker, Podbean, you know, Stitcher, and many other good places you find podcasts. You can. I also have a Twitter account for Steve, but because my phone died, I forgot to find out what the Twitter handle was. <laughs> so unfortunately I can't tell you that this week but next week when the phone's repaired thank you Vodafone <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, I'll be able to tell you what my Twitter handle is but um, if you have a look on Rogar's Twitter you'll find out, you'll find the interactions there you'll find him there <laughs> it's actually at Steve A-O-T-G-T-M-P there you go there you go yeah Steve Avatar of Facade on GTMP there you go <laughs> alright well uh Thank you for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See ya. Ta-ta. Greetings, soggy boys. Do you like water? Do you like mermaids? What about sea elves or reverse mermaids? If you do, come listen to On the Shoulder, a D&D podcast, hosted by me. And then there's these other two people, they're pretty cool. Come on down to www.necropodicon.com. See you later. I see what you did there, see? It's good. I didn't mean to do that.
Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.